Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I am uh, so looking forward to getting him back for so many reasons. I just can't wait till the second Sunday of November gets here so we can get back on this platform. Even though, I gotta be honest with you guys, I have really enjoyed over the past year bringing the word a lot more often. So it's, it's been, uh, yeah, quack, 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 quack. Uh, thank you though, that's kind. Uh, but, it, but I gotta be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to getting him back for so many reasons. And one of the reasons, if I can be just a little honest with you, there are times it gets a little, I wouldn't say weary, but challenging to, to be up here and bring a word and really feel like you've really connected with you guys. I mean, you, you walk off the platform and, wow, that was pretty good. And now I walk off the platform and someone walks up to me and says this, Pastor Ron, that was such a fantastic word. When does pastor get back? <laughs> I mean, they don't even take a breath, you know? I mean, oh man, I love that word. That was so great. When does pastor get back, you know? So I, now I know that some of you probably, especially you men, will probably come up to me after service and say exactly that. So I'm going to ask God for forgiveness right now when I punch your lights out. So let me just, <laughs> just go ahead and say that. So, no, I can't wait till he gets back on the platform and back in the leadership the way he leads our house so perfectly and so well along with Pastor Suzanne. So I just really look forward to getting him back. Hey, I saw a riddle the other day. Can I give you a real quick riddle? Huh? I told you a Gidro joke the other day. Let me give you a quick riddle. And you will love this, uh, and you will understand it more as Pastor Ron gives you this riddle as we enter into the season that we're in. Let me ask you a question. Listen to the riddle. What has 10 actors, two settings, and one storyline? 650 Hallmark movies. (laughs) They've already started at my house, so I'm just trying to prepare myself and get a little more uh, used to the whole thing. But uh, it's going to be okay. If you read something in the Gainesville Sun about the uh, ASO coming to a pastor's house because of gunshots, just overlook it. It's gonna be fine. All right, part number two, disarming doubt. Here we go. Part number two, disarming doubt through the power of praise and worship. Now, let's go ahead and give it up for my man, Pastor Hector Gonzalez, who last week knocked it out of the ballpark, Grand Slam, Home Run, Hall of Fame. And I get to follow that. Thank you so much, I love you too. Disarming doubt, part number two. Disarming doubt through the power of worship. Guys, we we said it a lot, so forgive me for getting into this and saying it again, but I gotta set the stage here. We've said it so often that we're, we're just living in real crazy days and we're seeing things, doing things, experiencing things, living things out in such a way, uh, I would probably venture to say we really never thought we would. I never thought I would go into a bank with a mask on and ask for money. <laughs> right? But I did that. Just last week, I went into Wells Fargo and said, I'd like to make a withdrawal. So, you know, we're just doing things that we never thought we would do because we're experiencing a very, very doubtful season, a very doubtful, doubting age. And what I want you to get as I lay some foundation here 
is I want you to understand the seriousness of the tool and the scheme in the enemy's arsenal that doubt really is. I think there are times we, we sort of overlook it because it's, it's just doubt. You know, I'm just, I'm sort of doubting right now, Pastor Ron. I'm going through a doubtful season and you know, it's, it's, it's not adultery, it's not fornication. I didn't rob a bank, I really didn't. You know, it's not murder, it's just, I'm, I'm going through a season of doubt. And I think sometimes it's not our intention, but we sort of play off the seriousness of the attack of doubt. Let me show you how, how big it really is. The first attack ever on mankind, and Pastor Hector alluded to this last week, the first attack ever on mankind. Now you would think that if it's the first time Satan is ever going to attack mankind, he would come with his best arsenal. But the first attack ever on mankind was the attack of doubt. Did God really say? It's the attack of doubt. Now fast forward about, uh, I don't know, about 4,000 years and, uh, and think of his attack, the first ever attack on Jesus. Now here he is, he's attacking the Son of God. This is not Yogi Bear, this is Son of God, Jesus the Messiah. And you would think that if he's coming at Jesus, He's coming at him with everything he's got, his guns blazing, and what attack does he use against Jesus? The attack of doubt. If you are the Son of God, then turn those stones to bread. It's the attack of doubt. It's really, 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 really big. So, so what I've got to understand, guys, is because the attack is so big, I've got to disarm doubt. I've got to overcome it. I've got to put it aside and walk in the truth of what the gospel really says and the gospel really means to me. So I've got to overcome it. Now, if you've been around here for a little while, you've heard Pastor Ron teach along these lines. If I really want to be victorious in my spiritual battle, listen to me now, I fight with opposites. I fight pride with humility. I fight lust with love. I fight doubt with confidence through God that comes to me through the power of his presence. And so I've got to be able to overcome it and fight it with the confidence that I receive from worshiping Jesus. Now, I gave you a phrase, I don't know, a few weeks ago that I got from my friend Erica Heisey, and it was this, in dealing with doubt, watch me now, I've got to walk with the worshipers. I gotta walk with the worshipers. I can walk with the doubters if I want to, but I've gotta walk with the worshipers. And I want to give you some scriptural context for that. Matthew chapter 28, get this. Here's Jesus. He's risen from the dead. He's ascending to be at the right hand of God the Father. He's going through the clouds, and there's a crowd watching. And as Jesus goes through the clouds, now come on guys, this is a big deal. I mean, literally a person, a man is leaving ground. I know he's in his spiritual body, but he's leaving ground and he's going through the clouds. I mean, this is CNN stuff, you know? This is Fox News, back to you, Shepard. I mean, this is a big deal. And as he ascends to be at the right hand of God the Father, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you always even until the end of the age. And so he's ascending as, as he sins. Now get this, guys, get this in your mind. There's a crowd there. And in this crowd, roll back just a few verses before Jesus says that. A few verses says this, that there was a crowd. There were some 
worshipers, and there were some doubters. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of have a hard time with that. I'm standing in front of someone that's literally leaving earth, but yet there is doubt. Yeah, there's worshipers. There ought to be, man. This is the Son of God going to be at the right hand of the Father. There ought to be worshipers. But it also says there were some worshipers, but there were some doubters. So I've got to ask my question, that how can that be? Let me ask it to you this way. How can the gospel be for the doubter when the very thing I'm doubting is the gospel? Now think about that. I'll tell you why. Because God knows and God knew and God will always know that on my spiritual journey, there's going to be times that I'm worshiping and there's going to be times that I'm doubting. And so God understands that I'm going to go through that season of doubt. Now, get this, because this gets even better. There, there's a crowd there, and some are worshiping, and some are doubting. But watch this. As you read on, it says this. Some worshiped, and some doubted, but all, everybody say all. All, all were sent. Everybody went on a mission. The worshipers went on a mission. The doubters were doubting, but they didn't get cut because they were doubting. They still went on a mission, which really encourages me today because it lets me know this. Doubting does not disqualify you from your assignment. You really ought to write that down because you're going to need that this week. Doubting does not disqualify you from your assignment. You're going to find yourself in a situation of life where you're worshiping, yay God, and you're going to find yourself in a situation and say, what's going on, God? And it still does not qualify you from your position in the kingdom. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Psalm 27 is kind of our scriptural background today, and we're going to walk through Psalm 27. Here's what's going on in David's life. David is uh, going through a season of doubt. He's going through a time to where he's having to deal with the whole concept of doubt. First of all, Absalom, his son, tries to overthrow him. Then, before an opportunity for the relationship to get fixed, Absalom dies. Then, a group of betrayers get together and kick David out of Jerusalem, the city that's named for him, by the way, the city of David, and kicks him out of the city of David. So, his son dies. What's going on, God? I need to make it right. And then, he betrays, I'm sorry, he betrays him. What's going on, God? I need to make this relationship right. Then he dies. What's going on, God? I didn't have a chance to make it right, and now he's gone. And then this group of betrayers kick him out. What's going on, God? I'm literally the king of Israel and living like a homeless person outside of the gates of Jerusalem. What's going on, God, is the statement of David's life at Psalm 27. Now, it had been real easy, real easy for David to sit down and say, what's going on, God? I don't get it. I give up and let doubt overtake him. That's not what David did. David went and walked with the worshipers and started walking with God, walking in the presence of God, being filled with everything that he is for him, and then begins to see things a little bit differently. And here's what he says in Psalm 27, verse 13. I remain confident. You're going to hear that word a lot today. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What's going on, God? It's crazy right now. 
I don't know where to turn. I don't know what's going on. I've got betrayal. I've got death. I've got problems. But it's okay because I'm going to the place of worship and I'm going to see your goodness. Somebody ought to shout. I'm going to see your goodness. So what I've got to understand is there are going to be times, guys, that I'm, God knows it. Man, I'm so, I'm so thankful to God that God knows I'm going to be a doubter sometimes. Aren't you? And he doesn't, he doesn't kick me off the bus. Come on, somebody. He doesn't kick me off the bus. There's times I'm going to doubt, but it's okay because I'm going to learn how to walk with the worshipers and worship God in the midst of doubting. I'm going to worship God. Why, Pastor Ron? Because worship changes things. Worship changes things. What does worship change, Pastor Ron? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Number one, write it down. Worship changes my standard. Hey, let me ask you a question. What, what's my standard today? What's your standard today? Is your standard fear? Is your standard doubt? Is your standard unbelief? Is your standard confusion? Is your standard rejection? Is your standard loneliness? What's your standard today? If my standard is any of those things, then worship changes my standard. I don't have to let doubt be my standard. Look at what David said in Psalm 27. Here's his standard right here, guys. Look at this. Here's his standard, not doubt. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Not doubt, not rejection, not, not kicking me out of the city. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Come on, somebody. Why do I need to walk in fear? My standard is not fear. My standard is the power of God. My standard is the presence of Jesus. My standard is understanding that I worship him and he dwells in my praise and my worship. And that's what it says. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? The wicked can advance against me and try to devour me. But it's my enemies and my foes who are going to stumble and fall. Look, guys, doubt's going to fall. Yeah, okay, you're walking through a season of doubt. I get it. I get it. Doubt's going to fall. Why? Because I go to the place of power, of praise, and worship, and I worship Jesus, and his presence infiltrates my life, and I go from doubt to victory. Oh, you ought to shout right there. I go from doubt to victory. My enemies are going to fall, not me. Look, get something right here, guys. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, let me change it just a second, where the Spirit of the Lord is, and where we make Him Lord, where we make Him Lord. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is everywhere, but He's not Lord everywhere. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, and I make Him Lord, there is freedom. My standard goes from doubting to the standard of freedom because I've made Him Lord, and I worship Him as Lord in spirit and in truth. Understand something right here, guys. A high standard causes you to live by convictions, not feelings. When my standard goes from doubt, when my standard goes from fear and unbelief and rejection, and my standard goes to the power of God's presence, I'm not living by what I feel anymore. I'm living by my convictions. Listen, guys, we addressed this a little bit during prayer time. My convictions are going to get assaulted in the day I'm living. Listen, if you are a child of God, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, guarantee it, your convictions are going to get assaulted. The left wing, the right wing, the chicken wing, somebody's coming at you. Somebody's coming at you. 
and they disagree with your convictions, and they're going to come at those convictions. But when I have a high standard that's birthed through the power of praise and worship, I'm not living by feelings anymore. Oh, they hurt my feelings because they assaulted my, my, my belief system. No, I'm gonna keep on trucking, baby, and I'm living by the convictions of God's word. Listen, guys, I'm not always gonna feel God. I'm not always gonna feel God's presence. I've given you this principle before. Let me give it to you again. If I always feel God's presence, faith is not necessary. I'm not always gonna feel God. I'm not always gonna feel saved. I'm not always gonna feel super, super man righteous. But that's okay when my standard is kind of going through a season of doubt and my standard is worshiping Jesus. I'm not living by those feelings anymore. I'm living by my convictions. Worship changes your standard. Number two, worship changes your source. Say, let me ask you a question, guys, and love Pastor Ron. What's your source right now? What's your source right now? Is your source CNN? Is your source Fox News? Is your source the Wall Street Journal? Is your source Facebook? Boy, there's some, there's some crazy stuff out there. Huh? Come on, somebody. You know? I mean, I... Pastor Hector helped me the other day do something on Facebook I didn't even know you can do, because I know nothing about it. I'm lucky if I get my password right. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It, is that your standard? Well, what's the new one out? TikTok, yeah. Is, I, now, I really don't know anything about that. Is, I, I, that's, a, that's a clock. I mean, come on, give me a break. TikTok, TikTok, tickety-tock. TikTok, tickety-tock. Yeah. What's your, well, come on, listen to Pastor Ron now. What's your source? Are you, whoo, are you spending more time on that source than you are the Word of God? I'm gonna drink some coffee. Let's, let's stay on track. Am I spending more time on that source than I am worshiping the power of the name of Jesus Christ? Turn that stinking thing off and lift your hands and say, I rejoice in my God because he's my conqueror and he's my savior. <laughs> Pastor Ron's gone to meddling. You love me, don't you? What, what's my source? What is my source? Worship changes my source. Get this. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. My heart will not fear, there's your source right there. My heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident, there's the word again, even then I will be confident. Here it is, here's my source. One thing I ask from you, O Lord, my source. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. There's my source right there. My source is dwelling in the presence of God and the power of God. And then I want to gaze on your beauty and seek him in his temple. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, but let's go ahead and hit it. How do I do that? How do I change my source from being things that are natural? I'm going to use a powerful, stingy word, carnal, fleshly. How do I change my source from that to walking in God's presence? Here it is. So, I walk by the Spirit. I, I, I don't walk by the flesh. Look, guys, doubt is of the flesh. Doubt is a flesh work, not a spirit work. Doubt is an attack on your mind. 
It's an attack on your thoughts, an attack on your belief system, it's an attack on your feelings, it's an attack on your convictions. It's a flesh work, so I walk by the Spirit. And in doing so, I'm not going to gratify the desires of doubt. For doubt desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with one another. How many know doubt is in conflict with the peace of God? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Doubt is in conflict with the peace of God. So I don't need to walk in doubt. I can walk in confidence. That comes out of my spirit because that, Romans chapter 8, that bears witness with the Spirit of God. So I walk in the Spirit, and that's not contrary to the things of the flesh, or it is rather, which each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So here's what we got to say. How do I do it? Let me go back to our phrase. I walk with the worshipers. I walk by the Spirit. I walk in the power of God's presence, and that allows me to change what my source is. The de- you, gotta, you need to write this down, guys. You're going to need this one this week. You're going to need this one this week. The deepest level of worship is praising God in spite of the pain and thanking Him though He seems distant. Listen, guys, you're going to need that this week because the greatest, deepest level of praise and worship is not right here. As wonderful as this is, getting together and praising in corporate worship with God's people, that's not my deepest level of worship. My deepest level of worship is praising God, though I'm going through a hard time and there's hurt in my life. David walked through Psalm 27 and said, my son's betraying me. I worship you, God. my, My son has died. I worship you, God. I'm kicked out of the city. I worship you, God. I'm praising God in spite of the pain, thanking him, though he seems distant. Where are you, Lord? Where are you, God? Are you still with me? Yes, you're still with me, and I'm praising you and experiencing your presence, and you're letting me know you're there because I sense your presence. So worship changes my standard. All right, here we go. Worship changes your surroundings. Listen to me. What are you surrounding yourself with right now? Are you surrounding yourself with worshipers, or are you surrounding yourself with doubters? Worship changes your surroundings. Whatever I allow myself to be a, a circumvented by, or circum, cir, what's, what's the word I'm trying to say? Surrounded by, let's go with the right word. Worship changes my surroundings. Look at what David says. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Look at what I'm surrounded by. I'm surrounded by him in his dwelling. And he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Hey, let me ask you a question, guys. Have you ever doubted, and in that process of doubting, felt like things in your life were kind of unstable? They were kind of rocky, but rocky from the sense of they were kind of shaky. It's one of the things the enemy wants to do through the power of doubt and the trickery of doubt. He kind of wants to just kind of get life a little unstable, a little wavering, a little back and forth. So what do I got to do? Here's what I got to do, guys. I've got to allow my surroundings to be changed, and I surround myself with the power and the presence of God through the power of worship. And then what happens is I find myself safe in His dwelling, and He hides me in the shelter of His sacred tent. But look, guys, I've got to do it. I've got to walk with the worshipers. 
I've got to walk in that power of praising and worshiping God and let him fill me with his awesome presence. And here's what happens. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Now that's a familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 1320 in the Message Bible. Become wise by walking with the wise. Who am I walking with today? Am I walking with the worshipers? Am I walking with the wise or am I walking with the doubters and watching my life fall to pieces? But you know what, guys? Let, let's be honest. How many times has there been times that you and I have found ourselves just kind of overtaken with doubt? And we're walking in that doubt and we feel like, literally, we feel like our life is kind of crumbling. The power of God's presence has the ability to put all the pieces back together. And so we find ourselves walking with the wise and we hang out with fools and our life falls to pieces. Number four, oh, you got, no, you got, sorry, got to get this. You got to get this one too. I like this one probably the best. Write it down. Here we go. Worship is the bridge between who you are and who you want to become. Who am I today, Pastor Ron? Who are you today? What, what, what level of life are you finding yourself walking through? Are you walking through confidence in God? Or are you walking through that process of doubt and wondering, what's going on? It's okay. Worship is the bridge to take you from doubt to confidence. Worship is the bridge that takes you from fear to victory. Worship is the bridge that takes you from rejection to being accepted by the power of God's presence. Worship is the bridge that carries you over and brings you over to a place of being confident in your Father. Worship is the bridge between who you are and who you want to become. And then fourthly, and I'm done, worship changes this right here. It changes your status. Worship changes your status. You know, I think along with the tool of doubt, one of the great tools of the enemy that he's going to use against you and I, he used it against Jesus, is our identity. Who we think we are, who we believe we are in Christ. He's going to attack our identity, causing us to question, okay, you say you're a believer, but do you really deserve everything that God says you deserve? Because let me remind you of what you did last week. Let me remind you of who you really are or who I see you to be. Not how God sees you to be, but I see you in the other times when you're not at the Rock of Gainesville and you're not with those other people. Let me remind you of who you are then and he attacks our identity. Worship changes my status from going, where are you, God? Do I deserve that, God? Is that promise really mine? It changes my status from that to me redeeming, this, remembering this right here. I am a redeemed child of God. And being a redeemed child of God, I deserve, listen to me now, I deserve every covenant promise that's in the Word of God. Because He has established a covenant with me that cannot be broken. Sometimes I'm going to get it right, and sometimes I'm going to mess up big time. But my status through redemption is always going to be a redeemed child of God that deserves what is rightfully mine. That's my status, guys. And so when I find myself in that place of doubt saying, what's going on, God? 
what's going on? Why am I facing all this? What do I do? I go to the place of worship. And by going to the place of worship, my status goes to from what's going on, God, to saying, thank you, Jesus, you're going to get me through this. You're going to get me victory in this. So worship changes my status. Here we go. Psalm 27 says this, my heart says of you, seek his face, worship. I walk with the worshiper, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Don't hide your face from me. Look at, look at David's transition of his status here. He goes from, God, don't hide your face from me. Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. He goes from feeling like God could be turning away from him. He goes from God could be mad at me. He goes from thinking, do I really deserve what I'm getting? Or is God really on my side? He goes from anger, he goes from questioning to this right here. You have been my helper. I go from questioning, do I deserve this? Am I ever gonna, am I, come on now, am I ever going to get out of this? Is this ever going to end? I go from that status to this right here. You have been my helper and worship takes you to that place. Here we go. Now that we have Jesus, this great high priest, with ready access to God, don't let it slip through your fingers, with ready access to God. See, one of the things the enemy is gonna attack, guys, in attacking your status is can you go before God? Do you have the right to go before the Father? Do you really have access to the presence of God? With everything going on in your life, everything that you're doing, those sins, quote unquote, that you're committing, do you really have access to God? But here's what he says, I have a high priest that's made a way for me to go to the presence of God. And I have access to God, don't let it slip through your fingers. I love this right here, because we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. Hey, Jesus understands your doubt, man. He experienced it himself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced it himself. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it at all, but the sin. I love this right here, look at this. So let's walk right up to him. Come on, somebody. Walk right up to him with boldness. I don't cower before the presence of God. Okay, I'm not perfect. I may not completely deserve it in my humanity, but I don't cower before the presence of God. I walk up to the throne of God through the redeeming power of Jesus, and I ask him to help me with my unbelief and cause my mind to be clear and my convictions to be strong. I don't, I don't cower up to the throne of God. I don't have to. The blood of Jesus, the, the power, the redeeming power of Jesus has made all things new. All things new. Okay, you dealt with some doubt. Dealt with some rejection. Dealt with some hurt. Dealt with some pain. He's made all things new by giving you power and authority over that hurt. So walk right up to him. You, you know what I think of? You guys probably aren't gonna get this because you never took my history class. You're welcome. Whenever, when I think of that, I walk right up to him. I get Teddy Roosevelt in my mind. I, Teddy Roosevelt, this is how Teddy Roosevelt walked around. 
Oh, bully. Now I know you don't get that and it's okay, but that was, that's, that's, I get Teddy Roosevelt in my mind. I get this boldness and I get this confidence where I can, not with arrogance, come on somebody, I can put my chest out and my head up and know that I get to walk in the presence of God because of his redeeming power. And I do it in boldness. I walk right up to him. I don't cower. I don't back up. I don't get nervous. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So I walk right up to him and get what he so ready gives to me and take the mercy and accept the help. Get this principle right here. I get my confidence back. I get my confidence back when I rely more on the father of today than I do on my failures of yesterday. Because I've said it a bunch of times, the father of today has redeemed you. And the enemy will interject doubt in your mind and cause you to question your salvation and your value in God's kingdom. He will interject doubt in your mind and say, do you really, do you really deserve what you think you deserve? And he will get me focused more on my failures of yesterday and I live in that arena of doubt. But when my confidence, my belief system, my convictions are relying more on the Father of today who has set me free and free indeed, then I'm able to get my confidence back and know, just like I said at the beginning of this, yeah, there's going to be times I doubt. There's going to be times I doubt. But I also understand that God knows I'm going to walk through those seasons of doubt and he's going to redeem my mind and my thoughts and my beliefs because he has redeemed your life. Come on, somebody. Redeemed your life. So you have victory over that, that lie. It's a powerful lie. I'm not making light of it today. It's a powerful, powerful tool of the enemy. But you have victory over it in Jesus' name. Say, thank you, Lord. Bow your head. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, I pray over the people of God. Father, I thank you for these wonderful believers here. I thank you for those that may be in a position, Lord, that there's a lot of doubt in their life because they're doubting their life. They haven't come to that place of knowing Jesus yet and accepting Jesus as Lord. So there's a lot of doubt there because they're, they're wondering what does tomorrow hold? So I pray over wonderful believers that are fighting the good fight of faith. And I pray over those that may be here this morning and and they need to come to that household of faith by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so if you're here this morning and you're, every head's bowed, every eyes closed, and you're just kind of listening to Pastor Ron, and you're saying, wow, doubt has infiltrated my mind to the degree that I've said the same thing David has said, what's going on? And you're wondering where the answer is. Pastor Ron wants to tell you the answer is in Jesus today. The answer is in redemption, and you can experience that right now. So I'm going to lead this whole house in a prayer in just a moment. But before I do, I want to ask you, you may not have been here last week. Pastor Hector delivered the word in such a wonderful way, and so many people responded. But you may not have been here last week, or maybe you're still fighting that good fight of faith, and you're dealing with the battle of doubt in your mind, and you want prayer again. That's totally cool. We keep fighting the good fight of faith until we cross that finish line of victory. So if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Ron, I, I got prayed for last week, or maybe I wasn't here and I didn't get prayed for, but I need you and these people to stand with me so that I can conquer 
this tool of doubt. Would you please pray for me along with these people in this building? Would you pray for me? Put your hand up right where you are. Yes, 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 yes. Still a lot of hands, yes. Thank God, yes, yes. Father, in Jesus' name, you can put them down. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over these wonderful people that have said, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we fight the good fight of faith, we also fight with the promise of victory. We fight with the promise of victory. Father, we've already won the battle. We're appropriating victory right now in Jesus' name. We've won the battle because of the power of the cross. We're appropriating the victory in Jesus' name. So I pray over you right now, brother or sister in the Lord, I pray over you right now, child of God. I pray over you, friend. I pray over you, and I just declare just the peace of God, the peace of God to infiltrate your life. And I rebuke and I reject doubt and I speak confidence over your mind in Jesus' name. Now all over this building, let's all pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I'm saying what Pastor Ron talked about. I'm that unbeliever today. I'm that one that hasn't accepted Jesus. Or maybe, Father, I've turned away from the things of God. And I'm in a place today, I'm in a place today where I want to make my life count. I want doubt to be gone. I want confidence to come in. So I make a declaration. Father, forgive me of my sin. Do what Pastor Ron talked about. Make all things new. Change my life. Set my feet on a course of confidence. I accept you, Lord, and I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart that I am redeemed by your awesome power and your awesome love. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a big ovation of praise as Pastor Hector comes. Love you guys. Let's conquer doubt together and walk in the confidence of God. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.